Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Each week when you join me, Podcast One, you're going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. Come on this journey with me. And welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me yet again this week. So I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I had an interesting one. Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, I was in the airport with my son. We were heading back to Boston. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in a restaurant feeding my son at you know 4.30 in the afternoon. And I look down at my phone and I get a ping from someone on Instagram posting about my TED Talk, that it was live. Now, that might sound exciting to you. It was heart-wrenching to me. Like anything, I did a ton of research around how to make a TEDx talk successful, how to get it to go viral, right? That's the goal, is to allow this work that you've done to reach a massive amount of people and spread that idea we're sharing. So I had researched it so much. I had a very specific game plan and strategy laid out on my living room table. I had done so much work around this. Now, there's some critical pieces. Timing is everything. You don't want to be right next to a holiday. Hello. Remember, this is the day before Thanksgiving when it dropped. So you don't want to be near a holiday. You don't want, you want to be on a Monday or a Tuesday morning, preferably. Those are the ones that typically go viral. You need to have a very you know, eye-catching type of a title. So I was really in a tough spot sitting in a restaurant in an airport the night before Thanksgiving on my way to Boston, away from my strategy game plan, heading into a holiday at probably one of the worst times to launch a TEDx talk because who's sitting around on their computer looking for something to do the night before Thanksgiving. People are either traveling or they're get preparing for their meal the next day, cleaning their home, they're going out with friends. It really is not an ideal time. Come to find out, the first 24 hours of a TEDx talk going live are the most critical because if you get a number of likes, shares, and comments, your talk uh, can be promoted by TED. You can get promoted to the actual TED platform And then 22 million people are served your talk. Pretty amazing, right? Okay, that did not happen for me. So, but not only for me, for all of the people that spoke on the same day that I did at TEDx Boca Raton, they were all in the same boat and it really stinks. I was actually looking at some of their their videos today and some of them only have a hundred views and it's just it's so unfortunate that you'd work so hard for something and you know just by a roll of the dice this is what happened we have no control over it so I'm sitting in the airport I get this ping that my TEDx talk is live the first thing I did was click on it and I see they changed the name of my talk So that was really disappointing, too, because the way they changed it, I just didn't feel like would be as searchable and didn't have that hashtag me, too. And ah, it's just one of those things. It's out of your control. There's nothing you can do. And so I did what anyone would do. I started crying. I'm sitting in the restaurant with my son, Dylan, and I start tearing up. And he says, Mom, 
what are you doing? He said, I feel like the parent right now. I need to talk you off the ledge. Listen, this is a first world problem and it's going to be okay. And your talk can still go viral and don't worry. You're just getting negative. And he was right. It was just really sad in that moment. I, I had anticipated the talk coming out the first week of December. I was prepared for that. I was pushing PR around that and it just didn't happen. So, all right, I got a curveball. We move on. So I started promoting it over the holiday on LinkedIn and got, I think I got to 1,500 views. And then as soon as Monday morning back to work, first week of December rolled around, I'm aggressively promoting it. And it's definitely doing better, but it's an uphill battle now. So I so need your help. If you could please click on my TEDx talk. It's on YouTube. It's on the TEDx platform. It's on all of my social media. I have it everywhere. It's The link is on LinkedIn, on Instagram, in my bio, on, on everything. I'm on Twitter. Uh, so please check it out. If you could like, comment, and share, it would mean the world to me. I worked so hard at this. So it's kind of interesting that the show that I'm doing today is about personal branding, about investing in yourself. And the only reason why I even have a remote shot of still getting this talk to go viral is because three years ago, this is an interesting story. Three years ago, I decided to invest in myself for the first time. And I had been in corporate America for a long time. I was always doing things for the company, for what they wanted, never doing things for me. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to launch a personal brand. I'm going to create a website. I'm going to share my message outside of work. I'm going to make my socials public. And I'm going to get a professional picture of me. You know, I'm going to brand myself. I'm going to decide to hold the pen when telling my story, not let everyone else dictate it to me, which I highly suggest for you as well. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're a dentist, a stay-at-home mom, Hold that pen. Don't give somebody else the power to write your story and tell your story and brand you. That's BS. You don't need to do that anymore. Thank goodness for the internet. So three years ago, I was still in corporate America. I was a chief revenue officer. I launched my personal brand and I really leaned into branding myself, to investing in myself. And I have to tell you, it was a lot of work because I didn't really know what I was doing. I had a friend of mine who's a CMO who's really strong in branding. She helped me when she could. But, you know, we came up with the brand, we launched the brand. And it was really scary. I don't know what I was doing. You know, I, I wasn't sure. I got negative feedback from my employer. You know, at the time, I just, I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but something inside me told me, Heather, hold that pen and you tell your story. You take control of that narrative and don't let others drive your brand. You drive it. And I'm so glad I did. And I'll tell you, if you didn't launch yours three years ago, the next best time is today. So please take this as a wake up call. I wish I had done it a decade ago. So many great opportunities came to me because of that. I started getting speaking opportunities. Business came to me. Employees came to me. You know, I was, was working so hard to recruit talent, and then they started just showing up for me. It's amazing. Okay, so fast forward. That was three years ago. As you know, I ended up getting fired two years ago. And because I had built that network on social media through, you got, you get it, my personal brand, because I had been doing those things, I had a, a large network. It grew rapidly within a year when I aggressively leaned into my personal brand. That's what really was the catalyst for me to connect with Froggy, get on the Elvis Duran show, and start writing a book. So all these things happened as a result of my personal brand. Thank goodness I had done this three years ago. 
I also want you to know how far I've come in three years. So if you haven't done this yet, fast forward three years, you start working on this today. It's a complete game changer for your career, for your life, and for you and your legacy, which is really, really important in my opinion. So, okay, so the the brand was up. I end up getting fired. That brand that I had already created just in a one-year time was that launch pad to really help me take off in my own business, to write my book, and, and to create some reach and effectiveness. So I was on all social media, as I still am, and that's really been a great vehicle to drive sales for me, whether it be for my speeches, my book, or my courses, and now my podcast. You know, all these things build and feed into one another. And again, you don't have to be an entrepreneur because for a year of that success, the company I worked for was benefiting from it because I was attracting talent towards me, new client towards me. I was creating opportunities because I was holding the pen when writing the story for my brand. And I want you to do that so badly. It's so important you do this. So anyhow, all of these things are happening and, you know, and it leads me to today with the TED Talk. So, you know, people ask, oh, wow, how do you do all these things? What I'll tell you is this, because I launched my personal brand three years ago, my LinkedIn following is massive and I've been refining my approach on there thanks to Gary Vaynerchuk and when I was on his show a couple weeks ago, you know, and really upping my level of content output. And today I put my post up about, my TED Talk and wanting to know if people could like and comment and share. And it's really taken off huge. So that one outside shot of still getting this baby to go viral is happening because three years ago, I took that pen and I launched my personal brand. And I want that so bad for you. And yes, it takes investing in yourself. It took me making an investment in me, time, financial. You know, it doesn't have to start huge, but it just has to start And I was working with a friend of mine over the holiday on her launching her first podcast. She had been wanting to do it for years. And something really smart she said to me was, Heather, I need to get this done while you're still here because I'm afraid if you leave, I'm just not going to do it. And here's the thing. Done will always be better than perfect. You can evolve and change. The intro to my podcast didn't exist the first few weeks of my podcast. That was something that a friend of mine came up with. So it's an evolution. It's different than when you write a book, right? Because when you write a book, it goes to print, then it's done. You can't make changes anymore. But there are certain things like your personal brand online. You can continue to evolve it and and grow with it. And there can be different iterations. And that's okay. In fact, that's great. You know, I didn't know that the day I got fired, my brand was going to evolve to start showcasing the fact that I got fired. Back then, my brand was just about the hashtag boss and heels and be the boss, whatever kind of boss you are, rock your flair, step into you. That was really the center point and theme of my brand back then. And it's really changed so much. And, you know, looking at my TED Talk, my TED Talk is a story of how I got fired and about women versus women in the marketplace and in the workplace bullying one another. I could have never predicted this three years ago when I launched my brand. So it's important for you to know wherever you are, take that pen, invest in you, start writing the story about you, start branding yourself because if you're not, someone else is doing it for you and we have no idea what story they're telling. So back to my girlfriend that was launching her podcast. She said, we've got to knock this stuff out while you're here. And we just sat down and knocked it out as best we could. We recorded a quick podcast for her. 
And that's going to go up now. She, you know, she took those necessary steps. So surround yourself with people that are further ahead than you. Lean on them and ask them for help. And today, my guest, it's my personal friend. This is the man that helped me launch. He directed. He didn't even help me. He did help me. But he directed and formulated the plan and strategy for me to launch myself as a speaker. He's one of the top speakers in the U.S. His TED Talk is viral, millions of views. And I started working with him probably a year and a half ago. So it was after I got fired, but I hadn't started my public speaking, professional speaking business yet. I was trying to figure out my revenue streams. And even though this man is younger than me, he is much further ahead than me in the speaker world and the personal branding world. And he helped me to refine my message so that I didn't have to keep leaning back to what I was doing with my boss and heels hashtag, but so I could start incorporating you know, owning your voice, stepping up for yourself and and really refining my message, which allowed me to realize I wanted to get into the speaking business. And then he directed and helped me formulate a plan, strategy and implement key steps that, you know, from my speaker deck to my speaker kit to reaching out to speaker bureaus to getting an agent. I didn't know about any of those things. And it's so helpful to work with someone that's light years ahead of you. And my guest today in the personal branding world is light years ahead of all of us. So I've done his seminars. I've gone to Nashville to meet with him and his team and work with them. They've helped me immensely. I I couldn't recommend them anymore. They're just fantastic to work with. And if you're feeling like I was three years ago that you don't even know what to do about a personal brand, these are the guys to call. Brand builders are amazing. It's my friend Rory, and you are going to meet him in a minute, and you are going to love him. He's going to give you some great direction, and he's going to help you the same way that he helped me. So don't feel lost. You are not alone, and that's why Rory stepped into his passion, helping other people grab that pen and figure it out, because it is scary at first. It definitely is. But before we get to Rory, I've got to share another idea around investing in yourself, which is Skillshare, which is an amazing platform. It helps you get out of the rut and become more creative. And when you're busy, that's hard to do. Who has time? to go back to school or physically go somewhere, you know, maybe you want to get back into an old passion. Maybe you want to learn something new like I did when I wanted to learn how to use my iPhone camera because I realized I don't take great pictures and I can't always afford to have professional pictures taken. So I took the Skillshare course and my pictures are actually getting better. I'm really proud of myself. Skillshare is an online learning community for the creator and all of us. And yes, we are all a creator. You might not be the confidence creator because I take that name, but you are a creator too. They have thousands of classes, photography, creative writing, productivity, and more. Their classes are on demand. You can learn when you put your kids to bed at night. That is my favorite time, actually. You can learn whenever you want. If you can't sleep, you can learn. You can get inspired, join a class, and create something that you will love because you are a creator. And I love that photography class, but there's literally so many classes. It can be overwhelming. You can put in any word you want to look for, or you can just start 
reviewing top and suggested classes. They're fantastic. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare and get two months for free when you sign up at Skillshare.com slash confidence. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started today by heading to Skillshare.com slash confidence to sign up. That's Skillshare.com slash confidence. Hang tight. You're going to love my friend Rory. And welcome back. I'm so excited for you to meet my guest today. He is a New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs, newly named Hall of Fame speaker. I'm so flipping jealous. His TED Talk just passed <laughs> 3 million views and co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Rory Vaden. Thank you for being here. Hey, Heather. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so proud of you and like just I'm jealous of the awesome audience and community that you've got going on here and just uh, yeah I'm looking forward to this. Well thank you. You and AJ have been a big part of it and I really wanted to start with uh, it was actually last November when I came to Nashville to join you at Brand Builders. Yeah that's crazy like um, so it's 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 been a minute and to see the trajectory you've been on is just uh, awesome and exciting and uh so yeah you're you're a real life you're a real life example of the kind of people that we work with I guess and and uh, that's why I say I'm proud of you even though it's weird to say that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well no, I I appreciate what I still remember even before I came out to Brand Builders you and I were connected over Zoom through a member of your team. And I remember I was just having some questions for you around the speaking business. And I was trying to break into the speaking business. This is over a year mm -hmm. ago. And you really walked me through a number of this, just the process of what problem do you solve? Basically everything that you do for everyone to create personal brands, but it was really new to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I appreciate that. I I started at this industry when I was young. I mean, I'm 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 still fairly young in age time. I'm only 37, but I'm old in stage time. I've been at, I've been doing this since I was 17 years old, and uh, you know, that's when I first got paid to do a speech. And then I was in a contest called the World Championship of Public Speaking for Toastmasters when I was 22 or 23. I came in second in the world and then I met Zig Ziglar um, through that and Zig Ziglar personally mentored me for a few years and then we built our last company. Um, my wife and I started our former company with four people. We grew that to about 200 people and then we exited that business just over a year ago and then, and then said, what are we going to do next? And it was like, well, let's, you know, let's teach people how to do some of the things that we've done. You know, anybody who wants to get in brand builders, this is who we serve. We serve mission driven messengers. We just like you, Heather, like we're looking for people who know they have a message and they, they feel like there's this calling inside of them that they have to get this idea out in the world. It doesn't, it, you know, some of our clients are entrepreneurs or they're executives for corporate companies. It's not every person wants to launch a video course. Um, some of them do, but it's, it's really about someone who feels like they have a calling and, and that's what I relate with. Cause I remember, you know, walking through the airport and seeing a book, uh, you know, on the shelf that said New York times bestselling author and just going, Oh my gosh, like how do you do that? Or seeing someone on stage in front of 10,000 people and going, how do you get to be that person? 
and there was just no path and it was so frustrating and it was even even being mentored by people like Zig Ziglar it was like there was no there was no structure it was just like a bunch of random ideas that people throw at you which is what you see today and and this is the problem um you know with for most personal brands is they have to overcome noise. They have to overcome dilution because there's, there's so much competition for messages. Like there's so much noise on social media and there's so many different things you could talk about. So many different audiences you could talk to so many different mediums you could use to get that message out. And most people cannot succinctly describe what problem do they solve who do they solve it for? And in one sentence, how do you solve that? And those are three of the four things that we help people get clear on in phase one. Um, the other fourth thing being, how do you make money at it? Um, and that's something, you know, we're mission driven, but we also like money. We don't not like money. We're, we're big <laughs> fans of money. So, um, you know, and I think you're a great example of someone who has been able to create a lot of focus quickly um, and we talk about in Take the Stairs how focus is power. Literally, if you put a magnifying glass between the sun and a piece of paper, the magnifying glass will create enough energy to where the piece of paper catches on fire. But if you take away that magnifying glass, nothing happens to the paper. Focus is power. But most people don't have that focus. They have incredible dilution. They're totally distracted. They have way too many messages, too many audiences. Um, and they're, they, they, they're not crystal clear on what they want to say. And you've come out with confidence, 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 confidence. And it's, and it's working. I mean, you said, did you say you crossed like a half a million downloads on the podcast or something already? Yes. Yeah. 500,000 downloads. But I, you know, one thing that I want people to know, what you just described is spot on. However, for me, especially when I first joined you in Nashville, I was going 50 different directions because my mm. background is sales. I believe in having multiple pipelines firing at all times, the more the better. And so to me, I wasn't not focused, but when you use that analogy, you know, with having that the glass up in front of the paper, it really hits home for me that it is about focusing in on your targets instead of just spray and pray, which, I mean, that's really what I was doing. Yeah. And that's, and that's what, that's what everybody does. I mean, that is what, what 97% of speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, influencers, you know, and, and even as pastors, executives, anyone who's trying to get a message out to the world is they have all of these random different messages instead of one cohesive central golden through line. Um, and I think, and that's what, you know, that's what we help people find. And, and the genesis of that is being able to answer one question with a one word answer. What problem do you solve? And you know, one of the things I've realized now, you know, having written, uh, you know, a few books and, and, and some, you know, one, one of my books has done really, really well. The other one's done pretty well. Uh, and then one, nobody buys. <laughs> um, but the, the, the thing is, it's like, it's actually pretty easy to write a book. What's hard is to describe in one sentence what your book is about. 
Yes. It's easy to write a speech. What is hard is to, to say in one sentence, what do you want the audience to do when they're done listening to you? And that is what most people never do. They never have that focus and they're just too close to it. And I think, you know, a big part of what Brand Builders Group does is, I mean, we take people through a series of exercises. It's not like we give them the answer, but we help them uncover the answer. We help them see it. And you know, the best piece of branding advice that I've ever received, I actually heard from a guy named Larry Wingett. And Larry said, the key to you know, branding is to find your uniqueness and then exploit it in the service of others. Find your uniqueness and then exploit it in the service of others. And I think what we've developed is a process for how to find your uniqueness, how to be clear on what makes you different than the other millions of people, hundreds of millions of people that all have an Instagram feed or all have, you know, the hundreds of thousands now of podcast hosts. The, the, and it's like, if, if you're not, if you're not clear on what makes you different, then your audience sure as heck isn't clear. And so they're not exactly sure why they should be listening to you. But if you can tell them, look, if you struggle with this problem, I can help you. And if, and if you're clear on what problem you solve, it guides your entire business strategy. It gives you clarity about what you should say yes to and what you should say no to, what type of audiences you should be in front of and which ones you know you, you aren't, aren't as relevant for you. But, you know... I, I, I challenge people with that question. What problem do you solve? Can you answer it in one word? And most people just can't narrow it down that like that. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular and it is just so easy all because I use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to did we just hit a million order stage shopify is there to help you grow whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website, and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you, and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized, I can do this. I can go to work for myself, thanks to Shopify what I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash monahan 
all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monaghan now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monaghan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. When starting out a new business, it's a complete pain to get through the LLC part. Taylor Brands makes it 90% easier. It's easy and affordable to get your LLC with Taylor Brands. Taylor Brands offers all the legal requirements for LLCs, such as registered agent, annual compliance, EIN, operating agreement, business license and permits, and much more. Taylor Brands walks you through each step of building a successful business and has everything you need all in one place. Bookkeeping, invoicing, business licenses and permits, business documents, bank accounts, and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands. It's, I mean, it's so well said. And, and when you were talking, you know, you said, something that reminded me of the day that I spent with you in Nashville, which was it's much easier to speak for an hour than it is for five minutes. There was some, yeah. there was some great quote you had around that. I can't remember exactly what it was now. It takes yeah. much longer to get ready. It's for an Abraham. Show. Yeah. It's an Abraham Lincoln thing. And I, I don't even remember what exactly what it was, but it's, it's like, it's he's Abraham Lincoln said, it's like, he's like, if you need me to speak, um, for an hour, I'm ready to go right now. If you need me to, to speak for 20 minutes, I need two days to prepare. If you need me to speak for five minutes, I need three weeks to prepare or so, you know, something like that. It's the inverse of what you would, what you would think. And, and that is also true. And, and here's what happens. You know, a lot of clients, you, you know, we, we, we work with all different skill levels, right? Like some of our clients are, you know, fairly well-known celebrities or quasi celebrities, Lewis Howes, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, um, Julie Solomon uh, from the Influencer like podcast. And they're like pretty experienced. And, and for those people, it's like breaking through to the next level. And then there's a group of people that we work with that are like barely like totally brand new, totally green. It's like, I have an idea for a book or I might one day want to be a speaker. But the majority of the people we work with they've kind of been out there stumbling around doing some stuff. Like they kind of have a feed, maybe they've written a book or they've started a manuscript. Um, and the problem is everybody wants to move to phase two, which is what we call brand creation. That's where you start creating content. You start, you know, uh, creating revenue, you start creating funnels, you start creating your, your website, you create it, your visual identity and everybody moves to phase two and they completely skip over phase one which is brand identification. That is the hard work of getting, of getting crystal clear about who do I want to be? What do I want to be known for? What do I want to be known as? What is the primary way that I'm going to monetize my message? Even if it's just building an audience to drive that audience to my existing company. You know, like Richard Branson isn't out there selling video courses, but he's a monster personal brand and he's driving awareness for his company. Uh, and, and you, you, you see that, um, that the biggest, you know, like Steve Jobs was that way. It wasn't like he was trying to get speaking engagements, but he was building a massive personal brand to drive awareness for his company. So there's lots of ways to do it. The problem is, most people aren't clear 
and they they can't they can't articulate it in a simple sentence or or in a simple word. So, um, yeah. So I guess that's I guess that's that's where we're at. So where so where, where do you want to go next, Heather? What do you want to talk about? One of the one of the things that I run into a lot with people is they don't know what's unique or special about them, and they'll mm. say to me, "Oh, Heather, it's easy for you because you got fired and you had this whole story, and that was really your launching <laughs> point." Yeah, exactly. it's so easy for you because you got fired. Like that's the easy road. Like getting fired, like that's the best thing that could ever happen. You had it so easy, Heather. <laughs> no, but you, people say I don't have this big story or, you know, they don't see what's unique or special about them. So how do you work with someone like that, Rory, that says, you know, I realize I need a personal brand. I realize that I have a reputation out there and I want to take charge of it, but I don't know what's unique or special about me. Yeah. So, so that's a big, a big question, right? That's like, that's, that's our whole world is what we do, but a couple things on it. So first of all, we believe that your uniqueness lives at the intersection of who the world needs you to be and who you were created to be. Um, you know, so, so we take people in phase one, we walk people through a series of, of there's six primary questions that make up what we call the brand DNA helix. But what we're looking for is the overlap of, you know, who the world needs you to be versus who you were created to be. For example, we'll say things like, um, you know, what are all the things people would buy from you? But then we, we, we reconcile that against what are things you're passionate about creating, right? And we say, what are all the problems you could solve? But what are the ones that you could spend your life talking about? And so we look to people's past because everything they've done in the past is a hint. It's a clue. There's always a through line in your life. There's even if you don't see it, there's a reason why you took that job. There's a reason why you dated that guy. There's a reason why you didn't marry that one woman, uh, but you married the other one. There's a reason why you moved to that city. And it's, it is a, it is a subconscious deeply rooted inherent belief that you have that is is actually guiding many of the decisions that you make so we're looking we're looking at that so so you know people people sometimes shed a tear it's not uncommon that they would shed a tear or you know we we go through some of their past but then we also ask well what fires you up about the future what are you most excited about um another question we ask people is what pisses you off what makes you mad what makes you angry um, because those, those questions give us hints or clues to the thing that you were created to do, to the, to the, to the message that you were put on this earth to deliver. And when we find that intersection of, you know, what have you earned the right to talk about? That's one of, one of my mentors was a guy named David Averin. And he said, he used to ask me that all the time when I was young, what have you earned the right to talk about? Uh, so that's, that's one piece we look at, but then we also go, what do you have a desire to talk about? Um, and so, you know, there's all of these, these things that we, we sort of explore and at the, at the intersection of all of those is where your uniqueness lives. It's where you become uncopyable. It's, it is and and the thing about uniqueness too is like some people get discouraged because they go, oh, well, there's already an Oprah, right? Like there's already a Tony Robbins. There's already a Gary Vee. Like what am I going to say that's different? And that is a completely self-sabotaging limiting belief 
because the truth is that the world operates in frequencies, kind of like a radio frequency. And the message that's inside of you, there are certain people in the world that will only be able to hear it from you. They won't be able to hear it from Oprah, even as good as she is and as well-known as trusted as she is. They won't be able to hear it from Tony Robbins. Uh, they won't be able to hear it from Gary Vee because of either who he is or how he delivers it. There's a group of people in this world that can only hear that message from your frequency because of whatever the reason is. And I think too often people compare themselves and they go, well, you know, I'm never going to be Oprah, so why should I even bother? And it's a completely selfish and self-centered way to look at it. And it's also self-sabotaging and self-defeating because when you do that, the payoff is you don't have to do the work. The payoff is you don't have to try. The payoff is you don't have to show up and you don't have to put in the, put in the sweat of trying to clarify exactly who you are. And in reality, what you should be focused on is not, is it possible or how hard is it or can I do it? What you should be focused on is who is out there that I can help? Who is out there that needs me? What audience can I serve? What problems have I solved that I could help other people who are going through this right now to solve? That is a completely different paradigm. Um, we say at Brand Builders, there is no fear when the mission to serve is clear. There is no fear when the mission to serve is clear. There's only fear when you're thinking about yourself. Uh, am I good enough? Do I have enough followers? Do I have enough credibility? It's all, it's all a bunch of crap. Um, and it's like, it's bad enough that there's enough, no, there's noise in the marketplace that you have to deal with. Then now you're adding your own noise of your own limiting beliefs. And what you should be thinking about is how can I help? Who can I help? What can I do to help? That is where your uniqueness lives. Wow, that's a, a seismic shift, how you just described fear. I really like that. You know, just for my, my own self, I'm making it about me when I'm feeling afraid instead of making it about the people that I have the potential to reach, which is really powerful. So thank you for sharing that. You know, you, yeah. brought, you brought up uh, how noisy it is out there and cluttered. So I hear a lot from people, you know, maybe you're in corporate America, maybe you're working a job, you're doing what you have to do until you can do what you want to do but you're getting frustrated looking at, I can't grow my Instagram following because it's flipping harder than ever right now. And I'm so in, in agreement with that. And, you know, I've got this great message, but I'm not reaching enough people. How do you work with people to help them expand reach? Yeah. So, so that's a really good question, you know, cause it's like phase one is all about finding your uniqueness and just going like, okay, who was I created to be? Who can I serve? Then the, then phase two is like, okay, now we need to go create all the assets to deploy this. Um, and on the, on the back end, brand builders group does execution. You know, we build funnels, we do video editing, we do websites and stuff, but that's not really what our company's about. We're really about personal brand strategy. But, um, you know, one of the things that I think you should know is, that may be surprising to you is that, Believe it or not, it's not the person with the best content that gets the most traffic. It's the person who can pay the most for the click that gets the most traffic. And 
this will be a big insight for you. If you've ever gone to like an Instagram feed that has like a you know, million followers and you read their content and you're like, there's nothing original about this. There's nothing like, I don't see what is so special about this. Like I don't get it. Well, the answer is that, you know, it's probably great content. Most great content is fairly fundamental, but having the world's biggest like groundbreaking idea doesn't mean you're going to get a lot of traffic. Uh, I have this as a great example of this. My um, TED talk is called how to multiply time. I really think it's, it's one of the, the most original ideas of all time. Uh, the TED talk has 3 million views, so it's done well, but my book on the subject procrastinating on purpose doesn't, it doesn't sell very well. Um, and we should have called the book how to multiply time. It would have sold better. But even so my, the point is that my first book, take the stairs, that's the book that sells like crazy. And it's much more fundamental in terms of its truths. Um, it's a, it's a phenomenal book, but the person who wins is the person who can pay the most for the click. So what happens is, um, as an example, when you have a funnel that is built and you, you, you can go out and buy traffic, when you know that your funnel converts at some percentage, so you know that the numbers are some percentage of every person who watches your free online training or goes through your free you know, video short course or whatever, some percentage of those people are going to convert into a customer. Then you know what each of those customers are worth. And if you're really sophisticated and you're doing the stuff we teach you, you know things like your average lifetime value. And then you go, well, based on that, I know that I can afford to spend X number of dollars on that click on the front end. And so you go out and you buy traffic. These people are paying money to get in front of more people. That is what they're doing. It's not that they have the best content. They are... And, and, and here's the thing. I, I had a, another guy, a mentor uh, of mine, a guy named Randy Gage one time said, Rory, you should always be the number one investor in your own dream. Well, today I, I modify that a little bit to say you should always be the number one investor in your own content. You need to pay to push your content out to people, but don't do it too soon. And so a lot of people, they, get, they start doing it way too soon and they can't afford it. And so they, they run out of money. They run out of the, the runway, which is why for us, phase two is brand creation. It's setting up the whole infrastructure, this thing we call the relationship engine. It's like an automated ecosystem around your personal brand. And it's maximizing all of the free traffic first. Then phase three is what we call brand optimization. And that is where you start pumping money in the front because you know exactly how much is coming out the back end. It's, it's kind of like in, in phase two, you build the fire. And then in phase three is, is where you throw the gasoline on it. Um, and, and it's, it's money. Like you, it takes money to promote it. And, and look, you know, Taylor Swift's albums get out there because she's really good and really well known, but make no mistake about it. Even today, there is a monster pile of money that is being expended to promote that. The rock is really funny and he's amazing and we all love him, but I'm telling you, there is a big fat pile of money that they put behind every movie that he's in. He was the first actor in Hollywood to require, I think it was something like $5 million to, for him to, to put into his personal 
profiles so that he could be building up his own social media as a part of promoting the movies. He was the first actor that did that. That was brilliant. And now he has one of the biggest social media followings. And guess what? That makes him the most attractive for the next movie because he has a built-in audience. And that's what's happening is the world is flipping to where it used to be the media companies were the ones that made all the decisions. And now the power is shifting to the people. Whoever has the audience is who wins. But it's still a, it's still a largely a function of money. Um, and so you you have to have a sophisticated system on the back end. But it's like, you know, a million dollars might seem like a lot of money to you. But if you know that $3 million is going to come out the back end of that funnel, if you put a million in, you take that deal all day long. That's what these people know how to do, right? A lot of the biggest personal brands in the world, they're doing that stuff and they're measuring it and they know and they've got dashboards running. Um, now, usually they have teams, right? And that's, that's one reason why people work with us is because it's like you, you, you need a team. You can get so far by yourself. Um, but it starts by being clear. And people get all lost in the like, oh, I need to run Facebook ads or I should be doing SEO or I need to, you know, I, I need to do all the sophisticated stuff. That's like step number 163. <laughs> and you're, you're not going to get to domino 163 if you don't get the first five dominoes lined up in the right order. And that's what most brands, personal brands look like. They're, 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 they're a freaking mess. They're, they're chaotic. They're all over. There's no structure, no strategy, no clarity, no support, you know, and it's just, it's unfortunate because, you know, there's some of our clients at brand builders that we work with that are like, they're amazing, but the world doesn't know about them yet. And, 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 and it's like, we want to help, we want to help the people who have amazing content and who are mission driven, who, who really do like have quality ideas and original ideas. Like we really want to help, you know, get those people, you know, pushed out, but you know, for the time being, and since the beginning of time, you know, a lot of, a lot of what wins in marketing is who has the biggest budget and, and you just need to be able to know how to measure it on the back end. So it's interesting to me to hear that rock example because it that mm. was so brilliant and it's such a great example of how you explain things have just changed in media and in society that we truly all own our own brands whether you realize it or not whether you've thought about it before listening to this show yep. you have a personal brand you're either ignoring it and and doing nothing about it or you're taking charge of it and investing in it the way that rock did in such a what a smart way to do that. It really has me thinking, Genius. How, how can I do that? Or how can we all find ways to invest in ourselves if we lean forward into, you know, our regular day-to-day business, you know, through that lens of how can I put this to work for me and for my brand? Because that is long-term capital that will not leave you, regardless of if you decide to start a business five years from now, or if you decide to, you know, change careers having that and making that investment today in you is going to only make you worth more down the road. Yeah. Preach it. Preach it. You're, we're going to make that into it. We're going to make that into an ad for brand builders group. We're going to take your voice over and just, but it, it's, 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 it's exactly true. It, and, and here's the word that we like to use, which is it's not personal branding. The word we really love to use is reputation. 
This is reputation. The concept has been around for a long time. It's just expressing itself now in a completely different environment, in a, in a digital environment. But it's, this is your reputation. And, and more than ever, people can, there's visibility into your reputation. And, and one of the things that we talk about is something called the reputation formula. So, because that's a good question, right? As you go, okay, well, what exactly is reputation? Or like, um, well, what we realize is that reputation is actually built up um, from two parts, but most of us only think of the first. So here's the formula. Results times reach equals reputation. Results times reach equals reputation. So most of us, when we hear the word reputation, we kind of think like the baby boomer definition is like, be a person of character and integrity and do the right thing. And, 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 and are you walking the talk and, and are you modeling the way and are you, you doing all those things? And that's all true. We're huge proponents of that. In fact, you know, both of my first two books, Take the Stairs especially, that's what it's all about. Like doing the things you know you should do when you don't feel like doing them um, and building self-discipline in your life, right? Like that's, that is really true. But here's what we reach. And actually I'll, I'll give you, we'll walk you through the example here um, is, um, do you know who Michael Phelps is, Heather? Are you familiar with that name? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Who, who, who's Michael Phelps? The Olympic swimmer. Yep. So he's the winningest gold medal Olympian of all time. He is a swimmer. And what country is he from? cbdistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off everything. If you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, cbdistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life thanks to CBD. So if better sleep, more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order. Visit cbdistillery.com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The United States. U.S. Yep. So uh, he is. Let me ask you this. Do you know who Jenny Thompson is? No. So Jenny Thompson is also the winningest gold medal Olympian of all time. She is also a swimmer. She is also from the United States of America. Jenny Thompson and Michael Phelps have very comparable results on a very comparable scale. The difference, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know either of them. Their reach is massively different. So it's not just results. It used to be. It used to be like, you know, what are you known for and all that? And, and, and it still is that, but that's only part of the equation. It's results times reach equals reputation. The biggest problem facing companies today, right? So this is not just a personal brand conversation, although we only work with personal brands. So we don't work with companies at all. Um, we will work with the executive, 
but it's like we take a face and we work with the CEO or the CMO or whatever. Uh, we don't, we don't do logos for companies and strategy for companies. We only work with people, but, um, this is also a company conversation. You know, you don't have a revenue problem. You have a reach problem. Like you have a reputation problem. Reputation always precedes revenue. Reputation precedes revenue. If I don't know about you, I can't buy from you. And so this isn't just a vanity thing, right? We're not, we're, we're not in the business of going, let's get a, you know, a bunch of people to look at me. That's not, that's not what we're after. And that's not who we're trying to help. We're focused on mission-driven messengers. We're focused on people who want to change the world, who want to make the world a better place, and who have something valuable to add to the conversation. But what's ironic is many of those people, they value, because they value humility, which we also value and we also believe in, they, 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 I think, inaccurately equate humility with like silence or quietness. And so they, they're losing the reach game. Uh, and I mean, you, you know me, like it doesn't matter what your spiritual views are, but it, I mean, you know me, Heather, I'm a, I'm a hardcore Bible thumping Jesus freak, right? <laughs> and what did Jesus say? Jesus, the great commission, go and tell all the world, right? Like he didn't say, go keep this, be the best kept secret. You don't want to be the best kept secret. The best kept secret is the worst freaking thing you could be in business. I'd rather have you suck then have you be amazing and nobody knows about you. And, 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 and that you don't want to be that you, you, people have to know about you, assuming you have something good. Now, if you have something crappy, we're not going to work with you, right? Like, um, but if you have something good that can help people again, it's that, it's that self-centered versus service mindset. The self-centered person goes, yeah, I don't care about social media because I don't, I don't want to come across as arrogant. Well, you're totally being self-centered. You're only thinking about yourself versus going, I wonder how I could use social media to reach more people. I wonder how, I wonder who I could help if I showed up on Pinterest, even though I've never been there. I wonder if a podcast would help me reach somebody in India that way I would otherwise never have a chance to influence. That is a completely different mindset. And so ironically, I think sometimes we hide behind humility and it's really a form of fear and self-centeredness. Now, I'm not saying you should be arrogant. I'm not saying it's ego because it's not about that either. It's about service, service, serving your audience. Um, and that means you have to find the audience. That means you have to be in front of them. And you know what? That takes work. Like it, it takes work. You know, it's interesting. I just brought back a memory for me three years ago. It might be four years ago now. I stood up at a charity event to give a speech and it was the first time I shared that I had grown up poor and had been on food stamps when I was a kid. And mm. I left, it was very hard for me. It was, uh, I felt embarrassed, struggled with shame a bit, whatnot. I was afraid and it was hard for me to do it. However, when I got out of there, someone had posted about my speech online and I had all these DMs from pe people saying, sharing low moments and shameful moments from their mm. life and thanking me for giving that bridge to say, hey, they could do it too. They can accept what happened and move beyond it. And I never knew those connection points would come, but 
they wouldn't have happened if I hadn't stood up there, you know, and had had that message ready to go and, and be willing to share it. So you're right. Just because you don't think you're going to reach someone and impact them doesn't mean you won't. You will. You just mm-hmm. have to get strategic, deliberate about what that message is, what it is you're sharing, and then, you know, take those next steps. So uh, how, how do people work with you, Rory? How can they begin to take this personal brand, uh, you know, forward? Yeah, well, um, so here's the thing I'll say, uh, you know, if you go to our site, you'll see we, we work with some celebrity clients, but don't be thrown off by that, right? Like most of the people we work with are like, you know, fairly normal or rising star kind of a thing and a lot of beginners too. And, and we, we do stuff at all different levels. But um, what here's how we love to start is we'd love to talk to you. Like our preferred method of business is to have a one-on-one conversation uh, and do a free strategy call. Um, and if you go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash creating confidence, you can sign up uh, for a free strategy call. And we're just going to want to hear like your vision. We want to hear like, what's the vision for your, your message, your brand? What are you doing currently? We just, we want to connect with you like human to human and hear your story. And so, uh, you know, that's, we got a bunch of people on our team that do that. And then our team on that first strategy call, they will, they will walk you through and they'll give you some, some like free strategy for what the next steps are. And then, you know, they'll also overview if it, if it makes sense, what it looks like to work with us and, um, you know, on what different level or whatever, we may refer you somewhere else. But if you go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash creating confidence, uh, you know, if, if you're wanting to build a personal brand or, or take yours to the next level, we should, we should just talk. So let's just have a conversation. Well, Rory, you know, you have my personal endorsement. Brand Builders Group has done amazing things for me from creating mm. my speaker kit, my speaker reel, to you taking me through the problem that I'm solving and, and teaching me how I could be so much more succinct, which I hadn't ever thought about. But having these key points nailed down now allow you to move so much faster. So I really encourage everyone to go to the site, check it out. I will have it in the show notes. And Rory, as always, thank you so much for all that you're doing for me and for everybody else. I I can't thank you enough. Oh my gosh, Heather. Well, um, it's an honor. It's been so great to see you and you're, you're like just barely beginning on your trajectory, but to see how, how far you've gone, how fast is, is awesome. And um, you know, just for all of you, I would, I would just say if, if you have any type of self doubt, anything that's holding you back, like if you have that thing in your heart that says, gosh, I want to get my message out there. And then anything that shows up next that says, but I can't, but I'm not good enough, but I don't want to be arrogant, but there's too many other people, blah, 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 blah. All of that stuff is self-centered. You never feel fear when the mission to serve is clear. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about who do you want to serve? Thank you, Rory. And please take action. Sign up for the call. You will not regret it. All right. I'll be right back. Hang tight. I hope you love meeting Rory as much as I love hanging out with him. He and his team are fantastic. And I can tell you firsthand, they are so responsible for my speaking business taking it off. And I am so grateful to Rory and his wife, AJ, their entire team, And for my trip to Nashville, working with them, I mean, these guys work with Lewis Howes. These guys work with a lot of major, major people. 
and they've got an amazing free offer for you. So you can check out brandbuildersgroup.com slash creating confidence slash. And I'm going to put that in the show notes so that you have it. You can click on there and you're going to get a free phone call with them to discuss what you're looking to do. Even if you're at ground zero, call them. This is what they do. They helped me. They will help you. That is for sure. And this is not an ad. I just really, I'm really grateful for them. So instead of answering a number of questions today, I'm going to answer one that I keep getting. And first of all, thank you for the feedback that I'm getting on my TED Talk. I'm so, so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for each of you. It means the world to me because I worked my tail off for this thing. And it was such a bucket list moment for me. However, as I've shared with you, it was an absolute nightmare that day. But it's over and it's great and I'm so glad it's done. So I keep getting messages, Heather, how did you get the TEDx talk? Heather, how did you pull it off? How did you become a good speaker? So here's the thing. Don't forget, for 20 years in corporate America, I was speaking. I was a sales leader. I spoke every single day. That is something I don't want you to forget about. Now, to be a great TEDx speaker, you don't need 20 years of speaking. Heck no. There are so many amazing TEDx talks out there that people have not spoken prior to, as well as it's important to know this. Doing a TEDx talk is very different than doing a speech completely. There's so many more restrictions. You can't leave a red circle. You have a finite window of time to talk. I only got 10 minutes. My whole talk is 10 minutes, which I hate. I wanted to speak for 18 or 22 or whatever the longest is, but it's not up to you. So there's all these issues that are out of your hand. It's all about the idea and making the idea the center point and pulling that audience in right at the beginning and then wrapping a personal story around the idea to become relatable about eliciting emotion from the audience and involving them in the process. You know, so these are different elements that I don't necessarily bring to every speech that I would give. And for me, the hard part was the restriction on not being able to move around much because I like to move around a lot. I also like to go off the cuff. And if I'm feeling something, I just want to kind of focus on that and and really respond to the audience. You can't do that in a TEDx talk because you're not giving it for the audience you're sitting with in that moment. You're doing it for the future living on YouTube and on TED. So it's just, it's very bizarre. Oh, I was incredibly uncomfortable. And I'm going to share a couple of things that got me comfortable. But first, I want to tell you the way that I got it was I applied to a hundred different TEDx venues. I took a Google alert out on TEDx, speakers wanted. Every day I was applying, and you can apply too. Start now because it might take a while, like it took a while for me. And then eventually I was giving a speech unrelated to Ted and someone from TEDx was there and she came up to me. She's an amazing friend of mine now, Cindy. And she said, hey, you should give a TEDx talk. And I said, well, I try, but I can't land one. I don't know what's wrong with me. She said, how are you approaching it? I said, I'm telling them what a great speaker I am. I'm sending my speaker reel. I'm telling them this and this, how great I am, blah, blah. She said, okay, that's wrong. She said, first, Google and research everything about them. Who's running it? Find out about that person. You need to appeal to them and the team. They're the ones making the decision. Excellent idea. This is sales 101, by the way. How did I forget this? I got caught up in my moment and and I lost track. So then the next thing is research what the theme of their event is. The theme of the event that I was doing was rethinking relationships. So I had to come up with a concept that was around a different way to see a relationship. 
And the first one I came up with was C student to the C suite because I had been, more, you know, not, I wasn't a straight A student and I was able to make it to the C suite and I wanted to showcase this idea that the relationship of grades and financial success in corporate America are not what you think. You don't have to have A's. In fact, it's better that you don't, that you're more social and have leadership on sports teams. Those pieces to me are much more critical than having straight A's and coloring outside the lines. So that was my first idea for my talk. And they said yes at first. And then they came back to me two months before my talk and said, we want you to dig deeper and come up with something sexier, stronger, better. And that's when I decided to come up with taking a look at the relationship of women versus women in in the workplace and how bullying happens. And the Me Too movement needs to include female harassers, not just male harassers. So anyhow, so she had me focus on them. Excellent advice. Focus on their theme. Excellent advice. And wrap my talk and my idea into their theme and them. And be grateful to them and and tell them I'll help them promote their event and that I'll do PR, that I'll leverage my social. All of those things made me more attractive as a speaker and they will make you more attractive too. And eventually I got that venue. I got the TEDx talk. And so once I had landed it, now this is where the work comes in. There's nothing luxurious or mystical about this. I would say for the last 30 days before my talk, well, number one, I went to the venue a month before the talk so I could feel myself there, put myself on that red circle in my mind. And I think that's really important for you if you're speaking at anything to put yourself there physically. It really helps me. I also then see it in my mind going really well. You know, I started meditating on that, that it was going to go fantastic. I started talking to people, how I was going to get 50 million views. I really do all these things that I'm telling you. They are not uh, just for, you know, entertainment value. I do all this stuff. And I started writing the big themes and, you know, real punchy moments of my TEDx talk, which if you listen to it, you'll know exactly what they are. I choose me. When you are a threat, you are always a target. I mean, there's so many. And I took those real strong moments and I wrote in giant writing on pieces of paper all over my condo. So my son came home one day and there was writing everywhere. And he's like, you've lost your mind, mom. What are you doing? And I'm just a visual person. So the more that I can connect with words, the easier it will be for me to remember to make them jump out so that I would pause right before I would deliver that line. So if, you know, any way I could make those words stand out. So I was going to the Keys with my son and friends right before, the week before my TEDx talk, and I brought papers. Those papers that were on my wall, they came to the Keys with me. They were in the car with me. I had an audio recording that I had done on my phone of me doing a talk. I listened to it the entire way to the keys. So frequency sells, frequency in practice, frequency in messaging, you know, leaning into your power colors. I'm always either going to wear a blue or a red when I feel nervous. I had to, because of the design of the stage, opt out of red. Red was not going to work. So I decided to lean into the blue. I got so nervous that day, the day of, because in the morning run through, I forgot what I was saying. I wasn't prepared mentally. And so I took myself out of the situation, took myself away from stress and negativity and surrounded myself with people that love me, lift me up. And I continuously read my talk over and over again for one hour right before I was going on. And then when I got back to the venue and everyone was freaking out, I inhaled lavender, 
I calmed myself down, and the last thing I said before I walked out on that stage is, if you don't go out there, you will never forgive yourself. If you walk out there and you blow it, I'm going to be so proud of you. And I just removed all of the pressure from me that it was about going out and taking that red dot, not about what I did when I actually got out there. And that's what propelled me out onto the stage. And then once I went on the stage, I had rehearsed so much and had seen it happen so many times in my mind. It kind of just kicked in. Now, there is one sentence in my talk where you can see I'm visibly nervous and so annoying, but it also makes it real because I was super nervous. But I'd say... Other than that one line, I don't think anyone can tell. And I think that, you know, a couple minutes into it, I hit my groove and I wasn't nervous anymore. So again, it always goes back to this, getting yourself out there, taking that first step, launching the personal brand, launching the podcast. That's the hard part. Remember, once you start getting momentum, you can really take off. And for me, getting myself out onto the red dot was the hard part. But once I was out there, I started getting in my groove. And once I got in my groove, holy cow, watch out. It really came out fantastic. And I'm so, so proud. And if a TEDx talk is something that you want to do, go for it. Start applying now. Let nothing stop you and nothing will. So thank you so, so much for being here with me again this week. I hope you love meeting Rory. I hope you give him a call and that he can help you the same way that he helped me. And if you could please check out my TEDx talk, you can go to YouTube and type in Heather Monahan. It shows right up. Or you can go to any of my social handles anywhere. It, you know, you're going to Oh, I'll put it in the show notes below too. I'm so excited. Please comment and share. It's so important. It helps so, so much. But before I go, I need to let you know, I've got a great bra and a third love does not just chance it. They use data points generated by millions of women who've taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras that are actually going to fit you in an unbelievable way. They offer more than 80 sizes, including a signature half cup size. Skip the trial, find your fit with third love's online Fit Finder order and try Try at home. No more awkward fitting room moments. Those are the worst. On the Fit Finder quiz, you can answer a few simple questions to find your perfect bra in 60 seconds. Over 14 million women have taken the quiz to date, including this one. And it's fun. It takes less than a minute to complete. And it really makes sure that you get a good fit. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. That's pretty amazing. It's hands down the most comfortable bra that you will own and they give back. Third Love donates all of their gently used return bras to women in need. This is so amazing. So far, Third Love has donated 15 million in bras. It's unbelievable. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners, you 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash confidence now to find your perfect fit bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash confidence for 15% off today. And I can't wait to see you back next week. Thank you. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about. Negotiate Your Best Life 
hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference, and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.